This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago has been a center for candy production for a long time, from Wrigley gum to Tootsie Rolls and other chocolatey treats. So what better place than to be right here for National Candy Day? Let's sink our teeth into some sweet stories of the past and present with Leslie Goddard, a historian and author of the books Chicago's Sweet Candy History. Welcome back to Reset, Leslie. Thanks. My pleasure. So I got to say, this special day... It's coming at a perfect time because I'm still digging it. What was this day three? I'm still digging into my kids' trick or treat bags every morning, and I'm bringing like a stash to work. Do you know what percentage of parents dig into their kids' uh, I mean, Halloween stash? There's it's high. some in my coat pocket right now, in my backpack. It's it's kind of everywhere, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm taking like a a mix of things from right. you know right? the sour stuff to the gum yeah. to the chocolate. Oh no, I Snickers, know, Snickers, I know. Snickers. It's launch of candy season. It which is. is fun. <laughs> How are you celebrating National Candy Day? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm off sugar at the moment, which means my husband has to consume my part of it. Uh, it's pretty tough for him. <laughs> so I've got a stash for him yeah. building up. Yeah. Well, many of us know that Chicago is is this big candy town. It's home to the start of the National Confectioners Association, which sounds very fancy. I know. Talk about them. What, what was their role back in the 80s when they began? And, and actually, it's the 1880s. 1880s. When, yes, it's way back. Ooh. There was a real concern in the 19th century about adulterated candy, the idea that some unscrupulous manufacturer were putting, you know, chalk into candies to make them whiter or varnishing them. And because Chicago was the big candy manufacturing center, one of the big ones um, at the time, there were a lot of confectioners here. So the mm. National Confectioners Association began in Chicago as a way to improve safety standards and make people feel a little bit more safer about uh, the health and safety of their candy. Well, that sounds good. I know. Yeah, and, and much needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep us safe from candy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a good number of candies that we see today, they do have their roots here. I'm talking Tootsie Rolls, right? But right. they weren't always called Tootsie Rolls. Is that right? Well, yes. And they weren't actually invented in Chicago. The <gasps> Hirschfeld, I know. But, and it's remarkable, because Tootsie Rolls are a good example of a candy that goes way back. I mean, so many people think they were, they're from here, though. Right. I know. They were manufactured in, invented in Brooklyn, manufactured in New Jersey, moved to Chicago in 1966. So uh. gives you an idea of the depth. And a lot of our candy favorites have really deep roots, and Tootsie Rolls are a really good example. And they used to be Sweet Corp? Yes. Yes. And apparently, uh, Leo Hirschfeld, who invented Tootsie Rolls, he had a daughter named Clara. And you might be able to guess what Clara's nickname was. <laughs> it was Tootsie. <laughs> it was. And Tootsie Roll is a really great example of a company that has brought in other classic candies. It's been profitable. They make Charms lollipops. They mm. make Andy's Mints. They make, do you remember those wax bottles that had the liquid candy solution? Like liquid, do you remember those? Oh my gosh, They yes. make a version of those. Okay. So it's a good example of a company that moved to Chicago because this was a big candy-making center, mm -hmm. phenomenal transportation, and has grown by kind of consolidating. It's the classic American candy story. Settle this debate for the the uh, WBEZ team. Frango Mints, are they, uh, are they still here in Chicago? They are. There is. Um, when Macy's took over Marshall Field's brand, they brought back some Frango Mint production to the Chicago area. But most Frango Mints are still made... 
In Pennsylvania. Oh, and people will tell you it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Well, there is one candy that I associate most with this city, and I'm supposing that that's because there's a major baseball field named after right. it, Wrigley Gum. Yes, yeah. absolutely. How did William Wrigley Jr. get his start with it, candy? It's one of the great American stories. Oh. He came to Chicago. He was 29 years old. This was around 1890. The legend is he had $32 in his pocket, but his father made soap, so he started going door-to-door selling soap, Mm -hmm. offered gum as a premium. Over time, the gum became more popular, so he bought um, the gum company. Juicy Fruit Gum debuted at the – legend is at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, 1893, and Mm -hmm. released Spearmint Gum too, and then – his next big hit, Double Mint Gum, in 1914. And the amazing thing about Wrigley's is for about 60 years, they just sold those three flavors for five cents a pack I and mean, made a fortune. It was the you know? best. Yeah. Those, are, those were my favorites. And Juicy you still fruit buy was, them. I mean, Juicy right? Fruit lasted, what, five minutes? Yeah. But yeah. it was fantastic. But it was awesome. It was the best five minutes I, ever. And it was like it used to be a gray strip and we all loved it. And you still, when you check out at a supermarket or a you still gas station, you still – Juicy Fruit, Spearmint, and Double Mint. And we forget – what an amazing legacy there is. There are not a lot of brands from the early 1890s that are still that ubiquitous. That Wrigley's is, so is a phenomenal example. Mars and Wrigley used to be separate companies until right? one bought the other out. What happened there? Explain it that. was a great example of uh, consolidation, which has been a huge factor in the candy industry um, really over the past, especially over the past 30, 40 years. A lot of companies have merged, and it has to do with pressures in the candy industry. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of a phenomenal legacy for Chicago because not only is Wrigley a well-known Chicago brand, so is Mars. Yes. Uh, Frank Mars, was he was living in Minnesota when he invented Milky Way. But he moved to Chicago in 1829, and this is where the uh, Three Musketeers bar was mm-hmm. born. This is where Snickers candy bar was born. And, you know, I grew up in the Chicago area. I had no idea that this was the home of Snickers wow. and Three Musketeers, not to mention um, I uh, Butterfinger. I loved Mars bars <sighs> growing up. That was one of my so favorite. Good. I thought they were Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I had no idea the Chicago history until now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. They're so smooth. Just such a good chocolate bar. It is. Yeah. And it's funny because candy history is fun history. But when I started this research, I was thinking, you know, this is a really important part of Chicago history, and it has to do with railroad transportation networks. It has to do with the commodities market. It has to do with immigration. There are a lot of forces in Chicago candy, but, you know, we don't – we think of Chicago as, you know, this is a grain town. This is a steel town. Yeah. But really – this was a huge candy it's town. It's a candy town. And you and I talked at the beginning of the year when Mars Wrigley announced that yeah. it was closing the original factory that's off North Oak Park Ave sometime in 2024. Right. Remind us why that's happening again. It just has to do again with um, forces in the candy industry. Yeah. That the, the factory the factory was built in 1929. And not only is it – a long time. You know, it's a long time. And they've done phenomenal updating in machinery and efficiency. But Mars is really moving its um, confectionery um, operations much more to the East Coast. And the location doesn't mean as much for candy making as it used to in sort of the heyday. You know, back in the 60s, you had um, 
Chicago was producing. Chicago's candy output in 1963 was double that of the second biggest candy-making city, which was New York at the time. That's really no longer the case. But what a sad legacy so are for we, those Are who we love the Mars. biggest candy-making city? Not so much. Candy-making is much more diversified today oh. than it used to be. I mean, we have things like air conditioning. So a long, cold winter doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, But also we have high-speed interstate transportation and all those kind of things. Lots of other things to celebrate. Lots of other things to celebrate. But we have the legacy, which is amazing. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And today is National Candy Day. We're celebrating by tasting some Chicago sweets with Leslie Goddard, historian and author of Chicago's Sweet Candy History. So I mentioned tasting. Let's do it. Um, Because I've been told that another (laughs) Chicago candy staple is what I've got in my hands right here. Fannie Mae Confections. this is a milk chocolate mini pixies. Mm, yes. Have you tried these? They, I have, and they are fantastic. Uh, let me give you some fun trivia about Fannie Mae. Fannie Mae, it, it was introduced in 1920. And doesn't the name sound like it could be, you know, the founder's grandmother or great aunt? Yeah. It wasn't. There was no Fannie Mae. It was an invented name designed to sound old-fashioned and home-like. And it goes back to those concerns about adulterated candy, that Mm. this sounds like homemade candy. And it was. Fannie Mae's big unfair advantage was that they made their candy fresh. It didn't have – do you remember buying Fannie Mae in the little refrigerated cases? I've never seen this in my life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, they're so good. This is my first time. Um, and Fannie good. Mae Pixies, they're the, they're the caramel and pecans and chocolate. Mm-hmm. They're very similar to Demet's Turtles, also a Chicago invention. The Demet's Ice Cream and Candy Store trademarked the name Turtles. So Fannie Mae used the name Pixies. So if you really want to get a fight going, ask people which are better, you know, <laughs> well, nuts, turtles. I or... was about to say that this reminded me of turtles. Yeah. I mean, even the color of the mm-hmm. packaging, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who came yeah. first? Yeah. <laughs> the Fannie Mae or the turtle? <laughs> I believe uh, I believe actually it was Demet's turtles, but Pixies have a – the thing about Pixies These is These are that good. They are good. Fannie yeah. Mae has such deep roots in Chicago that – Fannie Mae is a Chicago. Someone told me if you want to get a fight going in Chicago, ask people which are better: Fannie Mae Mint Meltaways or Marshall Fields Frango Mints. I thought, Ooh. oh boy, mm. you'd have to give me both to try to uh, settle that one, right? But they're both Chicago brands. If you're listening and you're on social media right now, weigh in. Tell us. <laughs> We're at WBEZ Reset. Would love to know what you think. So Ferrero, yeah, like, uh, Ferrero Chocolates now owns the confectionery. Is that right? They yes, they own Fannie Mae today. They yeah. also own Ferrara. It's another great example. There has been such pressure on consolidation recently. It's just quite recently that Ferraro made a big move into the Chicago area. Uh, it used to be that Nestle was making Baby Ruth and Butterfinger. Now it's Ferraro. If anyone drives on 294 right south of O'Hare, you'll see the big Butterfinger Baby Ruth plant now says Ferraro. Um, this is a Swiss company, and they have recently moved into the Chicago oh. Candy Brand um, Foundation. And in a lot of ways, I have to say we're very lucky because 
so many of these brands over the years have disappeared. Uh, if you if people might remember some of the old Chicago names like Powerhouse Candy Bars, um, uh, Reeds, uh, Butterscotch Discs, a number of these great candies are gone because the market shifts so frequently. But companies through consolidation, some of these brands are still around and still survive. So oh. in some ways, thank goodness for Ferraro stepping in and they're keeping the Fannie Mae name going. Yeah. Lisa Lobb is here at WBEZ wants to know, what do they make at Blommers? Ah, uh, they make chocolate. Uh, uh, if anyone's ever gotten off the train at Ogilvy Station and it smells like chocolate in the air, that's what that's it is. That's the Blummer chocolate. They are a wholesale chocolate manufacturer, probably the biggest wholesale chocolate manufacturer in the U.S. Hershey is the biggest retailer, was the last time I checked. Chocolate is actually a very difficult thing to manufacture, and a lot of companies that make chocolate products buy their chocolate, and Blummer is known for specifically tailoring their chocolate. This is a company that began in Chicago. It's a really good example of how Chicago is home to candy suppliers. When Henry Blummer and his brothers opened their chocolate company in, in, in Chicago, it was because this is where the candy makers were. Right, right. Well, you know, I also hear the Marshall Fields location in the loop, a.k.a. Macy's. That's got a candy history, too, right? They, they made mints? The Frango mints, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Frango mints. Now, they, Frango mints were introduced at Frederick & Nelson, which is a department store, was a department store in Seattle, but Marshall Fields bought them. They were introduced to Chicago in the late, um, in, I'm sorry, in right after World War II, mm-hmm. in the 1940s, as a way to give Chicagoans good chocolate after World War II. But the thing about Frango Mints is, of all the candies made in Chicago, this is probably the candy that went home with more tourists because they had that exclusivity. You could only get them in Chicago mm-hmm. at Marshall Fields or in Seattle. And really, they became so beloved. They were almost like uh, someone said they became a portable symbol of Chicago. If you're visiting out-of-town friends, you bring a box of Frango Mints. Yeah, I hear and people say it makes them think of the holidays. Right? I know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. In a way that we don't because you can buy uh, Snickers bar or Tootsie Rolls um, or Wrigley's gum almost anywhere. But Frango Mints were exclusive. And they are actually, uh, the Frango Mint brand today is owned by Garrett's Popcorn, a company whose name is as synonymous yes. with Chicago as Frango Mints. Absolutely. Well, you know, we have talked a lot about sweet treats in this segment, Leslie. I know you're off sweets right now, but give me some classic favorites that you love. Oh, you know, I, there's a lot of them. I've Growing up, I was a huge fan of Butterfinger. That might have been my favorite. And if you've ever had a homemade Butterfinger, it's really Ooh. good. Um, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of Junior Mints, um, now oh. made by Tootsie Roll, named after the Junior Miss uh, pageant, or at least inspired by. Really? But really, if I had to pick the perfect candy to celebrate National Candy Day, I would go to a local neighborhood homemade candy shop. Go to a place like Margie's in Bucktown or Dan's Candies in Joliet. Get some good homemade candy. That's That's the top of the list for me. I love that. Leslie Goddard is a historian and author of Chicago's Sweet Candy History. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me.